You're listening to Paris Talks Marketing. My goal with this podcast is to dig deeper into digital marketing success than any other marketing podcast out there, to reveal the growth marketing strategies and tactics that are working today, empowering growth at amazing companies and organizations. Keep listening as I interview founders, CEOs, and marketing leaders from all around the world, primarily from companies in the tech and software as a service industries. Now, on with the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another great episode. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Breezy Beaumont, who's the head of growth and marketing at Correlated. And Correlated is doing some really, really cool things around product-led growth. We're going to talk all about it today with Breezy. So, hey, Breezy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. And I can see that you've had a, quite an experience uh, in the last several years with different types of roles in SaaS companies, and now you're about six months into your into your new role at at Correlated. Can you just tell us a little bit about how that's been and and what type of uh, what type of exposure or skills you've developed and and what has led you to this point now in your career? Yeah, for sure. So I've worked at a, a range of uh, software companies across what range meaning what we actually offer as a product, uh, who our target buyers are, the size of the company. So I feel like I got a really solid background on a lot of different types of companies. And and that sort of led me to where I am today on, uh, you know, choosing correlated in the product that we have in the market that we serve was very intentional. And same with my role here at Correlated. Um, so I think, you know, I started my career in a more traditional marketing sense and started to move towards this idea of, growth marketing and um, being more cross-functional with uh, the sales and customer success and product teams. Um, and in that same breath, I think that's that's one of the big things that drove me over to Correlated because our, our product helps sort of enable that for other teams as well. Mm -hmm. How has it been so far in the last six months? It has been a wild ride. <laughs> you know, if, it, I think if you talk to anybody who... Uh, works for a startup. It's it's a lot of things, right? Like it's so much fun. It's a blast. You get to do a ton of work, um, but at the same time, it's exactly that. It's a ton of work. Um, every day is different, and so that makes it really exciting. Um, but you also need to stay on your toes and be able to uh, learn fast, fail fast, break things, and get back on track again. Yeah. What I can see from, according to LinkedIn, you all have about th just 13 employees. Is that about right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I'm guessing a lot of people are wearing, wearing a lot of different hats. Yeah. And uh, and I, I also read about the, the seed funding that happened recently. So I think yeah, that's that's also really exciting. Um, wh what's coming next for Correlated? What's the, what is the big milestone? How fast are you all growing in terms of people? And uh, what are you aiming at next in the growth journey? Yeah. So, I mean, from the internal perspective, um, we're hiring a bunch of <laughs> new roles again right now. So growing really quickly and hiring new folks, but trying to be intentional in that hiring, making sure that, you know, it is truly a role that we need and it is truly going to be a fit for the other person moving into that role, knowing that, 
you know, startups are fast moving and then also correlated as in a, a new space moving towards this, this future state of product led growth and riding that wave with other companies as they, they venture into that land as well. Um, mm-hmm. We've been, and then from the product and onboarding customers perspective. Um, so we launched publicly, uh, you know, GA in early August. And that's at the same time that we announced our funding. We sort of launched both at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. And we had so much inbound traffic. It was, <laughs> it was an amazing problem to have, but it was also, um, you know, it was a lot. We had to, we had to get it together and split up who could, be talking to different companies and we wanted to really make sure that everyone's uh, successful and getting value. Um, and so, you know, we're hand onboarding a lot of our customers today and we want to make sure that mm-hmm. um, everything, all their different data sets are integrated correctly and that they're getting value out of it and helping their team to understand the best way to get value out of it. So um it's been a mm-hmm. wild ride of uh, of onboarding a bunch of folks and and also just trying to get out into the market and talk to more people um, and mm-hmm. so definitely more of that to come and and a lot of a lot of learnings along the way in that process yeah that's great how many people do you have on your marketing team so right now I am a lone soldier of one on the marketing right. team yeah so um, I'm hiring a, an SDR. We should have uh, one to two SDRs on my team pretty, pretty shortly. Um, that will help with, um, you know, some of that more targeted outbound, but also with with driving more of our brand awareness and and that community and brand awareness has been a big driver for inbound for us. Um, so okay. instead of what five years ago may have been, you know, creating an ebook that then you gate and people download it and you get these leads and you nurture them. Um, there is some extent of, you know, nurturing folks along the way, but a big piece of what we're doing is getting out into the community and, and helping to solve problems for people and be a productive resource for them. Um, so that we're sort of Mm -hmm. their, their go-to person for information, and then we can help them um, be successful in their journey of balancing the sales and product led, uh, acts. Yeah. So the ne- the the next person is going to be an SDR and and I, and you focus a lot on middle top of the funnel um, building that brand. That's I, I I totally agree with that. I mean I think at at this stage now, especially as you're blazing a trail. I mean I consider you and and correlated not to neatly fit into an existing category because I was doing a bit of trying to figure out where exactly do you fit, who are the competitors, and it, it's not very clear cut to me. And, and I guess that. That's why you all are building what you're building is that you want to you want to blaze a new trail. You want to do something innovative. And I think especially when uh, when a SaaS company is one of those first movers and trying to create a new category, you can't just go to the bottom of the funnel and, and just go to paid search and expect people to be looking for you. Because that's just not there. You're, you're building something that people don't really know about yet. So you've got to really invest in in getting your brand out there and connecting that with a core value prop keeping it relatively simple and and it is a lot of it is a lot of top of funnel and and I think that you can't uh, like the old-fashioned way floating out an ebook and gating gating everything that you consider premium content I mean forget that those days are totally over um, if anything give away a hundred percent I mean focus on education give away a hundred percent and you can always remarket to people and you can move them through the funnel with remarketing 
and you have all these enrichment tools also. So you really don't need forms in the way that you used to. Uh, so that's, that's really cool. It sounds like you're doing, you have a lot on your plate right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I think it's the case when, when you are building a new category, especially, I think this is sort of the case for any modern <laughs> marketer these days is to sort of move towards this mm-hmm. approach anyways. But, um, you know, there, there isn't, there aren't existing, uh, tools that, that solve what correlated solves today. So there are mm-hmm. some existing tools that help you understand how people use your product. And there are existing tools that sales lives in like Salesforce, uh, or HubSpot CRM yeah. or whatever that is. But there's, a lack of being able to not only get notified on how people are using your product and pairing that up with, you know, your traditional sales data in your CRM. Um, So that's kind of a miss today. And then also being able to quickly take action on that product. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to jump into a product analytics tool as a salesperson. That's not going to be a strong fit for me or looking at like a BI dashboard. It's just, it's not a good fit for a, a business user, sales or marketing uh, to, to jump into a tool like that. And so what Correlated does is we help to tie together all those data sources. So you can layer together some of the things that are important to you on the sales side, like, hey, I want to, or marketing side, like, hey, I want to talk to, you know, companies with over 200 employees who are in this geographical area, who all of the things mm-hmm. that would, would normally be in your ICP, but then layer in how they actually use your product. Like it's like a game changer mm-hmm. for teams, um, and it's so bizarre yeah. that it's just been this gap in the market for so long. People have been, you know, homegrown solutions, building these homegrown solutions yeah. to it internally, and so now we're we're working yeah. to bring that to market. Yeah, I have a um, product-led growth is is red hot right now, but I still see in most of the most of the SaaS companies, B two B SaaS companies that we talk to that are not yet doing it. There's usually a couple of reasons. Predominantly, number one is they think our product is just too complex. Mm-hmm. We cannot dumb it down. We can't do a sandbox. We can't create that experience because the user won't. They just won't get the value. We created something so so uh, customizable or whatever it may be, complex. So reason number one is we just simply cannot. We cannot create that kind of an experience where people can just dive in and start playing around. Most of the time, I believe that they can be they can be talked out of that. The second reason is, is uh, I think, one of the things that Correlated is solving for is that even if you go product-led growth, but if you don't have the other tools or signals in place to tell you what's happening and to tell you how to act on certain things, like just your examples, uh, if you have somebody who, who is a really, really heavy, heavy user in that 14-day trial period, and also it's a great ICP match and it's a, it's a large enterprise with X more than X number of employees, or it's in that sweet, sweet spot industry that you're going for, or whatever it might be, you still need, you can't have a salesperson try to dig out that data that that has to be surfaced, ideally surfaced on top of the stack they're working in, not not try to make them go into another tool. And I think that is what correlated is doing. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, just like any other tool, you have the ability, of course, to log in the correlated. But we also understand that like, it's not our intention is to give people the data they need to do their job effectively to do their job well. And part of that journey is that people don't want to leave the systems that they're already in, right? So we push things into Slack, we and with all the information that they they're going to need to take action off of, we can push that notification Mm -hmm. for them into Slack, we can 
kick off and automate um, outreach sequences or sales loft sequences. Um, so yeah, and and mm-hmm. again, putting things into Salesforce as well. So all the places that you live today um, are yeah. the places that we're integrating with and you know, we're basically taking like what people are doing today to like the next level um, for some companies and for other companies who just have yeah. no access to how people are actually using their product today. Like maybe the product teams do, but the rest mm-hmm. of the org, the, the revenue teams don't. Um, then giving yeah. them those insights is, you know. Mm-hmm. I was introduced to a a new term when I when I got to. As I was researching correlated, the, the term was product-led revenue. And I thought, wait, does that did they did they mean product-led growth? But then there's references to product-led growth. So can you help me out there? What's the difference between product-led revenue and product-led growth? Yeah. So product-led revenue is the idea of understanding how people are actually using your product to unlock revenue opportunities. So um, based on how people are using your product, here's an opportunity for you to convert that free trial or free medium user to the to being paid or to their next level of being paid. Um, and then it's also mm-hmm. finding your existing customers and users and finding expansion opportunities inside of there. So that's all on the revenue side of the house. Product-led okay. growth is sort of that model of your whole, your, your go-to-market strategy for your company. So um, it's, it's you know, creating a product that, that works well and that people can onboard themselves into and that they can get value out of. It's aligning your marketing and sales and customer success teams. You know, it's like a company-wide strategy um, rather than mm-hmm. just focusing on the, the revenue opportunities of that. Okay. Would it be fair to say product-led revenue then is is a little bit more tactical and directly um, directly connected to, to sales and revenue as opposed to product-led growth, which is more like a yeah exactly. So uh, yeah, I think like it's that product-led market. growth companies would would be would have a product-led revenue solution in place or a product-led or an approach yeah. to product-led okay. revenue. So are you all trying to really claim that and own that term, product-led revenue? <laughs> is that the term that you want to be most synonymous with? I'd say that that seems to be what the case is. I think also some people uh-huh. um, are positioning it as a product-led growth uh, CRM. Um, so a PLG CRM, which is like such a yeah, mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's a bit but, wordy, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see I'm going to geek out a bit on the SEO side here, but your homepage title, your SEO title is product-led revenue platform dash product PLG CRM. So yep. I think you're you're hedging your bets a little bit, but I think it's smart and it all fits. And um, ultimately, I guess the market will really decide if PLG CRM is the is the thing that sticks, or if product led revenue is something. But it looks like you all are are putting two flags in the ground already, and and owning owning both of those terms. And ultimately, uh, the market and the customers are going to probably. Yeah, it'll become clear that one of those two terms is, is probably going to rise to the top. Yeah, exactly. But that's, and uh, I think either way, the mm-hmm. PLG CRM would still enable product-led revenue, right? So it, it they're all interconnected. And I'm not going to let a couple words get in the way of us being able to add value to somebody's uh, sales process. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, all right. So now I have to, I have to ask the question, which... It seems to be. I'm looking for. I'm looking for the the PLG motion on correlated on getcorrelated.com. So, 
I see that there's two CTAs for see a demo and get started. Pretty, pretty classic. So I imagine that get started is going to be my sandbox. When I get here, though, it says time to set up your free account, and I see the Calendly. Can you help me understand? Is there a way for me to to just get my hands on this now? Yep. Yeah. Without for sure. Booking. Yeah. Okay. So actually, um, that CTA is changing this afternoon. So uh, oh, okay. <laughs> you, you beat it oh, by a couple timing. of hours. But what it what that does today is that sets you up with an onboarding call. So that's not mm-hmm. you know secretly a demo hidden behind a button. That actually what we do is after you you fill out that um, calendar today, uh, it would mm-hmm. be, we'd be setting, we'd be whitelisting your account, you'd be able to log into it. Um, and then we would have that call on the calendar just to make sure that everything was integrated properly and make sure you don't have any questions or anything along the way. Um, but what we're okay. going to be doing is actually this will change into uh, a, a quick form where you can put in your email name, we'll whitelist your account. Um, and then you'll get access to the product right there. Um, so we're, we're moving gotcha. quickly into uh, into self-service, which is very exciting. Okay. And so, so wait, what's changing in a few hours from now? Yeah. So at that point, you'll be able to get straight into the product rather than waiting for that onboarding oh, gotcha. call. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're really going to be truly walking the walk in a few hours, right? <laughs> yes. We're, we'll, we'll be testing it out and, uh, you know, All right. it's always a test along the way, just like any marketing growth or other campaign. Right? So we'll, we'll have this new yeah. flow. We'll see how, how it works. Are we able to get value for folks? Is it, you know, mm-hmm. a better experience for them? Um, I mean, ultimately we want to be, a, you know, a fully self-serve company. So people can just get right started in the product if they'd like to. And if they'd rather have a demo and a sales conversation, that's totally fine too. It's sort of like a choose your own yeah. adventure. Um, the only reason we're not yeah. that today is is actually not to block anybody from using the product. It's just, um, you know, prioritization on the engineering side and wanting to make sure that we're, we're really making sure everybody has a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. And I will... I'm going to make a note to come back and check uh, in a few hours from now and see how that looks because I'd love to play around with it. And uh, I, I really do enjoy going into various different types of trials and, and product-led growth experiences and, and just trying to understand how they're trying to get me to that first value. And um, mm-hmm. and I think this this concept of time to first value, I believe, is a really important KPI in that kind of setting. Oh, for sure. So they're you know, you could just say it's a, it's a light bulb moment or it's a, it's that moment where someone really has their primary pain point, not necessarily solved, but they can see that uh, this is going to solve that primary pain point. And I think SaaS buyers are really changing because you have such more complex tech stacks. Most companies have lots of SaaS products in their mix and, and it's getting complicated. And so that also changes the buying process because as you get more and more comfortable with this stack of, of SaaS tools that you're using and, and presumably they're all integrated with each other. You don't really need an hour demo call anymore to make these decisions because you're pretty, you're getting more familiar and you just know I need this thing to fit into my tech stack this way and solve this particular pain point that my current tech stack isn't really doing. And so I just need to get my hands on it and see if, if it's going to do it or if it's not. And I could probably figure this out in, in a few minutes. And that, that might be a, that might be a 5,000, person company, you know, enterprise person, uh, enterprise, 
but that still that buyer prefers the product-led growth experience as opposed to the classic demo. And um, is there any way also that someone can immediately through some form of enrichment see when a big whale comes through, not not through a high-touch sales flow, but they come through the product-led growth side? Is there a way for that also just to pop up and say, hey, you just have uh, IBM just uh, signed up for a free free trial and you can have a salesperson just, just doing personalized outreach immediately? Is that yeah, something that's, that you that's one of the things that we're helping sales teams with today. So um, mm-hmm. when you think of this product-led motion, uh, what, what a lot of times people are doing is when that person signs up, they're doing a lot of enrichment on their end. So they might have something like a clear bit and they're enriching that lead because a lot of times when people mm-hmm. sign up, they'll use a personal email. So, um, or they'll just be a single user of a, uh, with a business email. And so then by enriching it, you get all the, the company size, company name, domain, all that information that you need. Um, and, mm-hmm. and what Correlated does is we're plugging into all your different data systems, right? And tying all that data together. So if that mm-hmm. lead comes in, then you're enriching it on your end, um, which is actually something we're talking about doing down the line is doing that enrichment for folks as well. Um, oh, <laughs> which Amazing. would be like even yeah. better. Um, Make, that makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but so they're they're enriching it already today. A lot of companies are. So you know, there's there's not necessarily a need for that quite yet. But I think as we go down the line, it, it there'll be more of a need for it. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that person comes in, they might land in in your CRM. Some other product like companies are actually not having that data flow right into your CRM, which is interesting. Some are having it go into a data warehouse, something like a Snowflake, um, just because the quantity is so high <laughs> that they would be paying for oh. a ridiculous uh, amount of storage. <laughs> um, and so then when that okay. comes well, in, yeah, we plug into all of those. Have, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we plug into all of those systems and then we plug into like, you know, whatever you're 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 collecting uh, product usage data, so like your segment or yeah or um, anywhere else. Oh yeah, you all should totally go into enrichment. That's such a logical next step. Yeah, I think just, it would be like an right additional, in. you know, additional yeah, yeah. integration for us. So like today, we already integrate with. If you have Clearbit, we'll integrate with your yeah. Clearbit. Um, but it's something we're you know considering on the partnership side as well, so that we can just offer it out of yeah, the box. Totally. I mean, you've got you've got the actions you've got actions and triggers that people take based on their behavior and their early engagement. These are all, these are great predictors. But then when you just have a simply have a profile that comes right in and you can immediately say, "Oh wow, we just we just landed a whale through." A, I mean, somebody uh, this, this whale company just came in in a free trial and have an immediate alert that well we need to we need to keep a really close eye on this. We might consider picking up the phone right away. Yeah. And reaching out or something. Um, but that's also, that's such a key piece of the puzzle, which is that having the immediate alert that, boom, we just got a whale through a free trial. And now we need to, we need to all just take a look and see, decide who, who's reaching out, what are we going to do? And then if, if that doesn't happen, then just looking at the usage, that's the signals and the engagement with the product. Um, and this is, this is so interesting. And I think it's very different for different companies. So it's also not a one size fits all. So you can't just say, I don't know when they add the when they add the payment information when they add the credit card information yep. that's when you I don't know that's when your lifetime predicted lifetime value triples or something it's not that simple and I think with different products it's different things I remember talking to somebody um, it, it escapes me but the example definitely stuck with me and and their highest predictive 
um, signal was somebody that created a profile picture, mm-hmm. somebody that mm-hmm. just simply uploaded a profile picture because it represented a psychological commitment to the product. That, that could they be like a Calendly, honestly. To... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that actually, that made so much sense. Um, yeah, that when you're actually putting your face, when you're replacing, when you're, when you're putting your face into the profile picture, that means that you're kind of investing in in building out a nice profile. And uh, it, it's, it's a very, it's a strong signal of being committed to the product. Yeah. So that leads me to the, to the next question. I'm dying to ask you, what are the one or two primary signals for correlated that would, that would highly indicate that you're going to get a future paying customer? Yeah. In the first, was, say first few days of usage. Yeah. I was, I was going to bring this up actually. So the, the idea of signals, that's one of the, the, big things that we do. And you're exactly right when you say it's different for every single company, right? So um, for the example of that gigantic whale company coming in and self-serving, we might have a signal set up that, you know, if, you know, X, like someone from this list of companies or over company size, uh, you know, self-serves, we want to be notified immediately. So that's something that could be one of your signals. And, and that's something that we're doing for a bunch of teams or doing for ourselves as well. Um, the other things, so mm-hmm. it can basically be like as wide or as narrow as you'd like. Um, and as, mm-hmm. a, as the company evolves, I like to call it like the Goldilocks is that it, it changes. So you might have a really wide net, like a, a startup might just say, I want to know everybody who signs up. Now you probably shouldn't be reaching out to every single person who signs up regardless, because you need to let them have a little bit of their own product journey. But I want to know when everybody mm-hmm. signs up, that could be a signal. Or I want to know when they invite another user or when they click on this feature, or I want to mm-hmm. know maybe when their usage has increased. So like, I want to know, um, you know, it when if their usage has been over X amount in the last week or month or, or has increased or decreased in some way. Um, and that's actually, mm-hmm. that's actually one of the, just for a point of reference, that's one of the big differentiators with using something like correlated is being able to see change over time. Um, so like if you're mm-hmm. using like a BI dashboard or, or trying to pipe data into your CRM, that's something that you're missing out on is that change over time. Um, yep. You wouldn't totally. be able to see like increases or decreases, but yeah, so those, those signals, and then sometimes for, you know, big companies who have a ton of inbound or not even big companies, because tiny companies can have a ton of inbound as well and a bunch of signups into their product, but you can get really mm-hmm. specific on what those uh, different signals could be. So if you have a wide signal, that's like, you know, when they've invited more than three users to collaborate Maybe there's a bunch of people doing that and see so you sort of automate that piece of the outreach. But for something like, hey, I want to know when they've used this dashboard, when they've, you know, for us, it would be like created signals, when they've created a certain amount of signals, mm-hmm. um, when they have yeah, we're integrated. Getting meta, like we're getting a little bit meta here. Yeah. And so <laughs> when when they, you can start to layer on not just the, the CRM data, but product usage too. So you could have different so it doesn't just have to be, you know, sign-ins and, and one thing from your CRM. It can be multiple layers of, you know, firmographic or demographic data and mm-hmm. multiple layers of things that they're doing in your product. So you could say, you know, they signed in in the last week, they invited a new user and they, they tried out, uh, they created a signal. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Now notify yeah. me when that happens. Gotcha. This is all really making me think now about, about machine learning. And the question I have now is, how does somebody that just got their hands on correlated, how do they even know 
what signals to create, aren't they just guessing at the beginning? So well, because they don't know what's going to actually predict lifetime value unless they've run you know some machine learning models on it. Yeah, and gotten really complex. Probably they haven't. So how do they even know where to where to start? It is definitely like a testing process in the beginning. Um, but I will say mm-hmm. that every team always comes in with some idea of what works, right? Like it's not they've been uh-huh. you know they haven't been fully just shooting in the dark, but at the same time, it's been <laughs> pretty dark <laughs> for, for, yeah. for lack of a better analogy. But, you know, so they, there's, there's some understanding of, you know, what things people are doing in your product or, or what actions that they take that might signify a sale. So generally they'll come in with, you know, hey, I know when they do this, they, we seem to close more. Um, or when they come in mm-hmm. for this product of ours, the close is a lot higher than when they come in for this product. So taking yeah. that sort of information and then we work closely with every company that comes in. Um, and so we'll help them to understand, hey, what are other companies doing that might be a fit here? But also based on the information that you shared with us, let's set up these signals and start to test those out. And and part of that test is to find that Goldilocks. So is the volume too high? Is the volume yeah. too low? And let's, you know, open and close those parameters. Yeah. Yeah. So you all, you all do consult companies to help them get started with hopefully with the right kind of signals so that they start to see some value. Yep. I mean, you can do that. We offer at that some for point, free actually. Have, <laughs> yeah. That's, I was going to ask, I mean, how can you really do that with all the customers? Is it really possible? Yeah, just that I mean, type of one-on-one one-on-one consulting. Yeah, it's just if you prioritize it, you can you can make it happen, right? So yeah. it's it's just yeah. a priority for us to make sure that everyone mm-hmm. is successful. And because this is so new, um, we you know we want to guide them in the right direction. We you know people don't yeah. have a different solution that then they're saying, oh, we you know have these signals that we already look at. Let's just toss them in here. Um, you know, some companies have homegrown solutions, great, then we'll use what they've already built homegrown mm-hmm. and, and take it to the next level of correlated. But most of the time and vast majority yeah. of the time, this is just a new spot for them. And so we, we want to make sure that <laughs> we want to make sure that they're uh, super Don't successful. Worry about it. <laughs> hey, um, isn't, isn't the holy grail of all this ultimately having something that can predict lifetime value as early as possible in the customer journey? Yes. I mean, we want to we want to help surface where the best conversion rates are and where you can Mm -hmm. improve those conversion rates. So conversion rates are, Mm -hmm. are huge in product led growth companies because a small, and and they've always been big at cross marketing. um, And that's something we talk about a lot, but when you, when you move into a product led growth company, one small tweak in a conversion rate, because generally the volume is so high is like mm-hmm. a vast difference in what your revenue is going to look like. Yeah, yeah it's like that bullwhip <laughs> effect, I guess, right? When you have a little bit of a tweak at the handle and then it just ripples way out and then it has massive downstream, it has a massive, oh, totally. Yeah. Not to mention that it, you also, with product-led growth, you suddenly have, you have a smorgasbord of micro conversions at your disposal. You can you can identify events and and you can tag all sorts of things. Especially if you have and, that product usage, then you then you've like yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah yeah. So you know somebody somebody that creates three signals in twenty four hour period, you can say that that's my, that's a conversion event, and I might even bring that back into my Google Ads if if that's the thing 
if that's the signal, or if that's the group of signals, uh, which has a, a high correlation to lifetime value, which is where I, I still believe you need some machine learning ultimately to tell you that. But then you can say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to now actually create a custom conversion event from that in my Google Analytics, and I'm going to port that back into Google Ads. And instead of optimizing all of my ad spend for a free trial sign-up, which happens at, you know, let's just say that happens at time zero. Oh, but now I'm going to look at time time tw- within 24 hours anybody that's going to that's going to create three up to three unique signals in my product because that is a i don't know maybe that's an 85% predictor of a of a high lifetime value a future high high lifetime value customer and the exciting thing really now for me is how does this now connect back to acquisition marketing because i think your product is focused on helping salespeople be more successful in identifying the best sales opportunities so that they spend their time the best way possible. But there's a whole other aspect. If these signals ultimately can be shown to predict lifetime value, then they can greatly improve acquisition marketing at the front end of the whole process. So when somebody signs up, you can enrich the data and you can see that there's a whale and XYZ, but you can also see that within 24 hours, if they created those three unique signals, if they shared the product with three colleagues, or if they did whatever it is that 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 you really really want them to do, not only do you have sales, you trigger outreach sequences, you trigger sales and and all that other stuff, but that you actually redefine your conversion event that yeah. the, all of the Google Ads and Facebook Ads AI is aiming at, and you and you actually have them uh, bidding dynamically for those people that will that they that Google knows they're going to do those events. I, I I'm I'm going on a bit of a tangent here. Does this make any sense to you? Are you all talking yes. about this correlated? <laughs> yes, definitely. So you're okay. totally right, right? Like we sell into the sales org. Um, but that being mm-hmm. said, we almost always, they almost always immediately end up saying, hey, marketing would get a lot of value out of this too. So totally. we, we pretty much immediately yeah. end up also working with the marketing team and debatably also like they'll bring in CS and other teams as well. But there's totally a marketing use case for it here. Um, to mm-hmm. understand exactly where those conversion rates are. So, and I think a company who who is doing this not based on product usage data, but has been doing this based on your CRM data, metadata is the, the name of the company. And so what they do is they help to optimize your ads based on um, the stages that people hit in your uh, your CRM. So like they're basically yeah. tying your, your ad spend to revenue. But to be able to then use something like correlated that helps you to understand where you could um, optimize for these different levels of conversion. And, and it could be leveled out as well. Like, like, you know, it doesn't just have to be one conversion. There could be a lot of different conversion pieces that you could be focusing oh, absolutely. on. Absolutely. That's the best way to do it, actually, is if you can create uh, several different micro conversions, we call them, and you can assign nominal values to them, you bring all those conversion events into Google ads and you do something you do something like a maximized conversion value, which is one of their newest value-based bidding methods. And you just say, look, I have, I have 12 conversions of different values and it's everything from a free trial signup is worth, I don't know, $3. And then the person that does those three creates those three signals in 24 hours. Well, that's, that's golden. So we're going to, we're going to value that at $150 or whatever. I mean, statistically you can figure out with data about, 
based on probabilities about what each of these microconversions are worth. We bring them all into Google Ads. And instead of just trying to figure out we want to optimize for this one or this other one, you just tell Google, these are all my val- these are all my conversion events that have values. These are the values and maximize it. I'm going to give you the budget. You maximize conversion value. And then the, the ROAS looks pretty black and white after that. Mm-hmm. Really. And then and then you have, you know, it's not just for SaaS companies, but especially for SaaS companies doing this well. When you have clarity on ROAS, then you can you can scale so much faster because you have the confidence to invest more money into those platforms. And you're not really guessing anymore. All right. Of this hundred thousand dollars that I spent in acquisitions this month, I know 40 percent of that's wasted because my churn rate's 40 percent. My trial churn rate's 40 percent. So inevitably, I've I've thrown away forty thousand dollars. But in this new reality, you can actually eliminate a lot of that wasted spend. It's it's a game changer, really. Yeah. One of the other big marketing use cases here, too, in, in using this product usage data is that a, in, a, in a product like Growth Company, you want to let the user be able to have that product experience. So you want to let them sign up and get their hands dirty and start to click a few buttons and 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 start to to get that value for themselves. But as they do that and as they click these different buttons, there might be ways that you could be adding value to them. And I think that's a big use case for marketing as well is to say, you know, or if we we know that if they they create these three signals in the first 24 hours that we can help to, to sort of like push them towards that behavior um, if it makes yeah. sense or, or like support them along the way to, to, to make this yep. behavior. So as they're clicking around, we can see places where they're getting stuck, places where they might be like missing out um, on, on different opportunities to use the product in a more effective yeah. way. And so yep. you can kick off different campaigns and things based on how people actually use your product. You're so re- so one really, piece of it is getting people really... in. The other side is once they're in, how do we help them there too? Yeah. It, it actually it actually can help you to redesign your whole onboarding. If if it's clear that that, that conversion event of, let, let's just say the example that we keep using throughout here is those three signal events created in 24 hours. If that is your, your best predictor, so then why not, instead of, if, that, if that's sitting at step four in your onboarding flow, whatever, I don't know, whatever that might, might look like, it might be in the product, it might be through email nurture or both. Well, oh, let's let's try to move it up to step two or maybe step one, because that appears to be, you know, that that is the moment of, of value capture for the business. So uh, let's actually now redesign, let's redesign the the new customer onboarding or the new trial user onboarding flow to try to get that that happening earlier in the process so that instead of maybe only 60% of the people who currently get to step four, you know, maybe we can move that up to step two and it's 80%. And um, so I think that the, the also empowering the product teams, especially during these onboarding phases where people are in trials, and this is such a critical moment. I mean, the, that, that trial period, that's also another huge benefit um yeah i uh, i think we could we could go on <laughs> forever about this stuff i what we're trying to do a lot now is is to try to use really machine machine learning to to try to predict the things that are going are are going to really correlate most strongly with lifetime value and i think what we're missing 
and and we're not a SaaS company, but we're what we're missing is actually a tool that can give us hypotheses, that a tool that can allow us to build better hypotheses. Because most of the time we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we might have a we might have a mountain of data that we're sitting on top of and all the tools in the world to do some amazing machine learning on it. But if you don't have a good hypothesis, it starts with a hypothesis. So I think what Correlated can do is it allows you to rapid test through different product usage and signal creation. It allows you to build early hypotheses, which you can then des- decide, now I have a strong hypothesis about three cor- three, um, uh, three of these um, through these things in 24 hours. Now that's what we're going to model on and that's what we're going to test against. So I think also not only, okay, so you've got, I don't know, the beneficiary or the persona, clearly it's sales, clearly it's marketing, clearly it's product. Now it's also the data science team and these people have data scientists as well. And you can tell them, all right, if you want to have more confidence in your hypothesis building, and here's also, here's the way to do it. I mean, just start messing around with these signals yeah for, and building, for building them companies that we're talking to who have um built some version and or like you know the starting phases of what correlated would like unlock for them basically they are pulling all their product usage data then they're sorting it cleaning it up they're putting it into bi dashboards they have an entire like data team to back up what they're doing today and so but if they want to make like one tweak, like maybe they want to add in companies that are over 100 employees and before it used to be 250 employees or something, you have to send the whole data mm-hmm. team back to rerun everything and, and like basically start from scratch. Yeah. And so uh, one of the big things that we're doing is, you know, we're first of all trying to come to the table with some ideas on, hey, this is what other companies are doing, like basically help to give you some of those hypotheses. Um, and we are starting to build some of that out of the box into the product as well. So you can just start to um, play around with the ideas on your own. But then the other thing that we're doing is um, making your, it's like a, a speeding up of the the data team process. I mean, in some ways we mm-hmm. could be uh, seen as like a support to the data team and, and, and for other teams maybe who, who don't already have data team set up and working on this, we can just let them focus on all the other projects that we're, fo- that they're focused on and we can take over on this, yeah. on this, uh, this, this data side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's for every company though, I think, you know, we can help come up with hypotheses. Um, they can also help to come up with hypotheses, but it's always going to be a testing and measurement game. Yeah. Um, because you want to find that Goldilocks. You, it's going to be too hot. It's going to mm-hmm. be too cold. And you got to find the middle. And then once you find it, and you know, assuming that you're a growing company in three to six months, that's going to change again. Um, so it is something that's always being yeah. tested and changed um, or, or, or slightly tweaked. So it's not all getting just thrown in the trash, but um, there are tweaks that need to continually be made over time. Uh, <laughs> so it's always a learning process. Yeah. Which makes correlated pretty sticky, doesn't it? Because, <laughs> yeah, you can't just, it's not a one and done. I mean, once you find Goldilocks, as you say, well, Goldilocks might change, you, you, your market's changing. And three months from now, we we uh, we say this even with SEO. I mean, you don't just do SEO once on your website. I mean, exactly. You have to you have to maintain it. There's a hygiene element to it. Uh, things are dynamic. Yeah, 
Um, this is this is great, um, Breezy. I, I, there's probably a hundred other questions that I have for you, but I, I think probably we'll have to leave it to the next time. Um, what did I not ask you today that that you'd like to share with our audience? Hmm, that's a good question. I'd say one thing that usually people end up uh, asking, either from the sales or marketing perspective, either one is like what is the future of marketing in this product-led world? And what is the future of sales in this product-led world? Um, there, for I'll just address sales quickly and then move to marketing. I mean, on the sales mm-hmm. side, there's this misconception that if you have a PLG company, you don't need sales. Um, if you look at any successful PLG company, they have sales somewhere. And if they don't, then they're probably currently implementing it. <laughs> I've talked to mm-hmm. um, people at some yeah. of the largest publicly traded PLG companies that you could think of. Um, and and you know, there, there needs to always be a sales motion as well. Um, what the difference is, is that sales becomes more consultative. Um, they're focused on the success of the customer. So there's definitely converging with customer success and sales. So the role is slightly different, but it's it's definitely still there and very much alive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it would be a misconception to think that just because you create a great product that everyone will find it. That's that's not the case. And then, you know, on the marketing side of that, marketing's job changes because we're no longer trying to get just like leads in the door to have a sales conversation. Your job is to get people into the product. And so the way that you are engaging with people um, doesn't fully change. Like, you you know, the core of marketing is to be where your customers are, be where your prospects are, um, to add value, to be a thought leader and, and uh, you know, fill in that knowledge gap that people might have and educate the market. So all of those things that good marketers are doing. Um, None of that has changed, but the difference is that now, since you're getting people into the product, you need to have a really solid understanding of what your product does, how people can benefit from it, what are are the strengths and what are the weaknesses of your product? Um, Because you want to direct people in a way that they're going to be successful. You don't want to just bring people in who are going to churn, Um, which is is something that I, I think a lot of marketers hadn't had to think about because there was sort of this like curtain up that they didn't always see that end result. Um, and, you know, there's been a move towards marketers focusing on revenue, which helps, but in a, in a product led company, you know, <laughs> all the curtains are up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can see everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. That's great. And I, I can really relate to that. I, I think we're seeing that a little bit with, well, in, in the digital agency space as well. And, and with, um, also with digital marketers who are in-house at companies, people are worry, worried that, all right, as AI becomes more and more prevalent, and it clearly does a better job of certain tasks than than humans, what's left for us humans? And actually, there's a whole lot left, actually. The job just becomes more strategic. It's less focused on figuring out how to bid for a particular keyword, and it's more about how to, you know, how to figure out how to do a better segmentation of an audience or how to how to get better first-party data from a CRM or from a marketing automation tool or or from product usage data back into the platform. So how to feed the platforms with what the AI needs instead of trying to to do what what the AI already can do better. And I think this is just another example that when you're 
when you're moving to an environment where there's a, lar- a large volume of data and, and just um, AI, AI is going to be leading the way. And there's always going to there's always going to be a role uh, for sales, as you say. It's more consultative, and for marketing, it's figuring out, like you said, not not just how do we get leads into salespeople's, you know, get these demos booked and fill up all those calendars of the salespeople, but how do we actually embed marketing into the product? How do we actually communicate the value proposition, not in a on a landing page or in a in an email newsletter or the old-fashioned ways? But how can we actually communicate that through the way that we onboard people inside of the product itself, through the step one, step two, step three process, or through our our tool tips inside of the product, or whatever it might be? So it's exciting. I mean, I think it's always exciting when people are, are in a way, forced to be a little bit uncomfortable and, and have their roles evolve. And and we're at that point now. So the best sales and marketers are... are I think they get it and, and they're, they're going to do fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're, if you're staying on your toes and continue to educate yourself and learn about the market changes and the, you know, and learn about your buyers mm-hmm. and, and learn, learn from your customers, please marketers. Like you have to be listening to the customers. <laughs> um, but as long as yeah. you're, you know, as long as you stay curious, you're going to be great. You said it. Curiosity. It's always the number one thing. <laughs> All right, Breezy. Well, I, let's wrap it up on that. Thanks so much for being with me today. And uh, I hope you'll come back another another time in the future. There's a lot more we can talk about. And otherwise, best of luck to you at Correlated. <laughs> Thanks, Paris. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Another great episode in the books. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get notified when future episodes drop, be sure to subscribe to Paris Talks Marketing on your favorite podcast player. And to learn more about SaaS growth marketing, visit hop.online. That's hop, H-O-P, dot online. Have a great day.